Hi, everybody. Are you thinking that maybe 2024 is the year that you want to get set and get ready to be a better leader? Are you in charge of a team or do you in charge of employees um, and you want to just show up better for them? Today's episode's all going to be about goals. Um, it's going to be about resilience, mindset, and we're going to talk about a framework called Get Set with our guest. Make sure you stay tuned. Let's strategize together. Let's hear it from an expert. Join the conversation. It's informative and free. You and me, let's talk some strategy. Here's your host, Doreen Morin Van Dam. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Strategy Talks. Welcome to those of you who would join us live, to those who might watch this on the replay, and of course, to our listeners who would listen to Strategy Talks as a podcast. Without much further ado, I'm going to bring onto the screen, he's in the green room right now, today's guest. Patrick Verano. How are you today, Patrick? Hey, good. How you doing, Doreen? Good. I'm so glad you're here. I really haven't had very many guests talk about leadership. Um, so this is an audience. Those of you who are watching, some of you are seasoned marketers, entrepreneurs, coaches, and of course, curious humans who want to learn more things, how to get ahead in life and how to be happy in life. And you really... Um, have that can-do attitude. Every time I talk to you, you're like so positive. Um, you did a TED talk on, on that. And so um, for those of you who don't know Patrick, Patrick Verano is a seasoned leadership consultant and founder of Emory Leadership Group, which he established in 2008. He holds a master's in organizational leadership and has over 15 years of experience advising executive managers, teams, and individuals across healthcare, pharmaceutical, finance, industrial real estate and insurance industries. He is the author of the book, The Leadership Bridge, How to Engage Your Employees and Drive Organizational Excellence. And he is a TEDx speaker. Patrick, let's talk. Thank you. And uh, I, so I apologize. You might hear some rattle in my voice. I'm just getting over a uh, over the flu, which uh, I think is hard. My wife will joke, you know, when you never get sick, I think it's worse because you feel like, you know, I felt like I need to go to, you know, get life flighted to the hospital. And my wife's like, come on, relax. You're going to be fine. So. I think all of us can relate. There is so much junk going around. And 2023 for me was the year um, I got food poisoning. Oh, my gosh. Talk about being oh, sick. No. I don't think I've ever been that sick in my life. I We were joking. We were joking. I was joking with my husband. I think I spent more time in bed during food poisoning than I did after birthing four children. So yeah, that's how bad it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, and along those lines, I haven't had a temperature. It's been at least 20 years since I've ever had a temperature. So it was, again, it was one of these, like, my wife's like, it's not even 101, you know? And I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> laying down on the couch. All right. So, well, anyway. let, this is a great segue into mindset. Patrick. Yeah, that's right. Um, so that's the second part of this. Actually, um, I I find so much value in being able to figure out how do we 
how do we set better goals? And I think as leaders, it's certainly important for us to do. And um, I jokingly go back to, there was a Seinfeld episode where uh, Jerry was had rented a car or had re reserved a car. He goes to the rental agency and they don't have his car for him. And he has this whole sort of monologue about how um, they were great at taking the reservation, but not basically fulfilling the reservation. And I think that's very similar to goal setting oftentimes is that we're really good at setting goals at times. It's the follow through. It's the achievement of the goals that we often are challenged with. And I think there are a number of different things that happen in that. Um, I grew up or grew up, I was, I was in organizations throughout the early part of my career where we used what were called smart goals. And many might be familiar with those. I will tell you, I personally was not a fan of smart goals. I found that they were, they weren't very smart. They were too cumbersome. And it's not to say that each of the components in smart is not valuable. I just found that it was, it was overwhelming, I think, for people to follow through on smart goals. Um, what I did was I created what are called set goals. And this model that I talk about around get set, the first part of this is, is the setting of the goal. And there, to me, there are three things that really are most important. And there, there's research that would back these up. The first one is that it's specific, just like in a smart goal. It's what, what is it specifically that I want to achieve? So if I were to say coming into the new year, I want to be healthier. Well, that's not very specific, right? I would then say, uh, I want to lose 10 pounds. That becomes much more specific. And if we were to go into this, we could probably get even more specific than that. Um, the end part of this, the T and set is around time bound. So very similar to, to smart goals is that we need to put a date on it, right? So I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Well, when am I going to do that by? So June 1st, whatever that is, I'm going to set a date that that needs to happen on. And we know that there's research that validates why both specific and time bound are important. The piece that I found was missing in, in smart. And I think what, what's challenging for people as well is that the E in this is around emotion. It's the why. And if your why isn't strong enough, I once heard somebody say, then your excuse will be. And I think that's so true. So I actually, when I do this exercise with individuals or, or, you know, explain how to do it is, is treat goal setting like root cause analysis is that you ask yourself five times. So if it's weight loss, if it's 10 pounds, I ask myself, why do I want to lose 10 pounds? I want to lose 10 pounds because I want to be more active. Well, why do you want to be more active? Well, um, my kids are, are at an age right now where they're more active and I want to have the energy to be able to keep up with them. Well, why is that important? Well, because I know that as they grow older, if I don't build that relationship with them now, then I won't have the time to do it later on. Well, why is that important to you? Well, because at some point they're going to be out of the house and I want them to want to come back to the house um, when they don't have to. And that's going to be based on a relationship that I develop with them. So you can see where we went from 10 pounds to this is not about 10 pounds. This right. Is more than 10 pounds. I love this. And I just want to um, relate this to a marketing guys. If you're watching this, um, this time bound thing is really, really important. Um, a lot of us work with deadlines and in the agile space, we work with time boxing instead of saying, you know, like here's the deadline. We have a starting line and a finish line. And that's what the time boxing is. And when you're doing this set, you know, this, this goal setting, like Patrick is talking about, you know, you, if, if you have a project due in three weeks, that doesn't mean you start the project in two weeks. That means you start the project today and you're going to get everything organized and you're going to get started and you're going to start your research and you're going to, you know, do all those things to get ready. So then by the end of the three weeks, you have success. 
And that's something that we as marketers need to get better at. Instead of setting deadlines, we need to time box things and start and finish and then do the work throughout. So I really like what you're saying there, Patrick. So because this is relatable to whether you're working on a project, a personal project, like losing weight, right? Or a work project. Exactly. Right. Professional or personal. The set and and what I will ask people to do is think about this. Are my goals set? That's what you ask yourself. Are my goals set? Are they specific? Are they emotional? And are they time bound? And if you do those three things, the likelihood of you ending up successfully achieving those is far greater than, than not doing that. And, and I'll add even to that in regards to research, we know that writing things down is vital, right? And there's research, uh, there was one study that I, I cite uh, from the um, American Psychological Association that looked at written goals and that the likelihood of achieving those was about 42% greater when people wrote those down. Challenging goals, another one. We know that there's research there that when we create challenging goals, we're more likely to, to um, accomplish them than if we just hit sort of low or moderate. And then one other thing that I'll add is that when we have accountability partners, we know accountability partners are vitally important in terms of helping us to uh, to achieve goals. So if you have something that's really ambitious that you've, you've uh, set for this year, find somebody else that also has some ambitious goals and say, hey, let's hold each other accountable. Let's, let's meet once a week um, and just update each other on where we are. That holds us accountable to, uh, to following through on those goals. So just a few more ways that we can leverage the goal achievement. Yeah. And if you're um, in marketing again, if, or if, even if you're, maybe you're in leadership like Patrick, um, a mastermind is a great place for yeah, accountability. Totally. Um, those are wonderful. And then, um, you know, having an accountability partner everywhere in life works. Um, as a runner, I know that if I, if exactly. my friend is at 6 a.m. waiting, you know, down the road for me to show up, I'm going to show up no matter whether it rains or it snows or it's cold. If we set the night before we're going to show up, I'm going to do that run. And that accountability partner is has become for me is like the, the most important thing for, you know, accomplishing um, the goals I set out to do is that that partnership with other people. Yeah. And that really draws on some other research um, and some other areas around influence. We know that one of the principles of influence is consistency. So if we tell somebody what we're going to do, then we generally don't want to not follow through on what we said we're going to do. And we know the research there that says that when we tell people that we um, respect and value that are of high status, um, we're more likely to follow through on our goals because we don't want to then have to go back and tell that person like, didn't do what I said I was going to do. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. And yeah. I see that on social, you know, we talk about uh, marketing, but also uh, social media, you know, especially at the beginning of the year, I saw a lot of people say things like, oh, I'm starting a new business or I'm, I'm working on a new project or, you know, stay tuned for this and that. And some of them were were sharing them. And, and I know that 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 does hold you accountable when you yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. The, the key to it, though, is also telling people that you respect, right? Oh. People that you value. And, and there's some interesting research that was done there where there's, there were some studies that said, you know, telling other people, um, it, it works against you. What they then explored really in, and dialed in on was, well, it's important who you tell. Oh. Tell people that you value, they're, they're, that you respect. And think about it, right? If, 
if you really respect somebody, the last thing I want to do is run into that person. I said, I'm doing this and then have to tell them, oh, I didn't do it. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. I totally can see that. All right. So goals. Yeah. Um, so that's what the set part, right? That's so our goals. So we got to, even though we call it get set, we, we do it sort of backwards. Okay. Um, to me, the get is the part that is oftentimes missing long-term that again, I'm, I sort of, added some things here that I just know from my own experience, but also some research that is, that is out there that says that, um, if you've set challenging goals, you're going to struggle, right? There are going to be times when things are not going to go your way. Um, so I think the why is important here, but also the next three components that we're going to talk about are, are vitally important as well. And their gratitude, expectancy, and, um, tenacity. So the first one in terms of gratitude, right? And, and specific to whatever your goal is, is that you think of this like a vitamin, a daily vitamin that every day that you're working on your goal, that you write down at least one thing that you're grateful for as it relates to your goal. So that's keeping it alive every day that I'm writing down one thing that I'm grateful for about this goal that I've set. Where this can become even more value is, is when you're facing challenges that you can find a way to be grateful for that challenge. And, and when you do that, you almost flip the challenge, right? So if, if I lost a piece of business, why am I grateful for that? Right? Cause the initial thing is to think, Oh God, I lost this piece of business. How am I going to do this? Why am I grateful for that? Well, you can find a way to be grateful for that. And that to me is the important thing. What do I learn from that? Why, why can I be grateful for that? Well, this is what I learned from that experience, right? So that's, that's the gratitude part. Do that on a daily basis. Um, the next part is around expectancy and that's that you have to believe that you're going to be able to reach what you said you're going to do. Um, I once heard it said that, that success is created twice first in the mind, second in reality. And I truly believe that, right? If we can't see it ourselves, how is it ever going to materialize? Right? So expectancy is really important. And I think there's a dance that happens between gratitude and expectancy that it's, you need to be grateful for where you are in the process. I think that's vitally important. I think um, people get discouraged at times when they're not moving as fast as they want to toward their goal. Sure. It's not about that. If you think about just being grateful for the journey, where you are at this moment, that doesn't mean you give up because the second part of this is expectancy. You're pushing yourself to say, I'm going to get there, right? Mm -hmm. So you're grateful for where you are, but also I expect that I'm going to reach where I'm going. And this is all around visualization. And we know um, how much research is out there in terms of, of visualization. Um, I'll put a little spin on this though, right? We often visualize, we often visualize, I will say, the positive, seeing ourselves um, succeeding where we're going to go. There's right. another part of this though that can motivate us as well is when we're, when we're um, maybe less motivated at times to do the things that we need to do is to visualize the failure of not following through, not doing the things we need to do. Because we know that we're more motivated to avoid a loss than a gain. Again, going back to some research on, on influence, that if you think about it that way, if you imagine, um, so think of yourself, not going out for your runs. Imagine what's going to happen over time if you don't do that. Physically, oh, I know what happens. <laughs> but there you go. 2023, right. right? Yeah. So, I, you, yeah, totally. so that motivates you. You're like, you think about not doing this the negative impact that you're going to experience with that. And that motivates you to, to stick with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. This yeah. is fascinating. I love that you've done or that you're reading so much. I know you're a ferocious reader and you're bringing in all the research to these, these frameworks um, that you, that you build. I think, I think that's just amazing. And it makes a lot of sense. So gratitude, when you were talking about the gratitude in the daily, do you um, recommend people have like, do like journaling? Is that part of what you, what you yeah. do, what you work on? Without, without question, right in okay. the journal. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it's back to um, habits. Once mm -hmm. you start doing it, the, if you consistently do it, it becomes easier and easier. So for me, every morning, that's part of my routine is I have a journal that I write in yeah. every single morning. I, and I write down three to four things that I'm grateful for. Um, they might, <laughs> excuse me, they might repeat. Um, but then I also say, what are my intentions for today? What do mm -hmm. I want to accomplish this day in, in a yeah. journal setting? Just a one pager. I think that's that's super powerful. Now, I also think the the gratitude part when you write that down reemphasizes like this is a commitment I made to my goal, right? It has is that daily reminder yeah. because you know, it's, exactly, it's easy yeah. to write down a goal and put it on the wall or put it in a book or on your computer, but if you don't look at it every day, but by doing this gratitude exercise every day you're reminded Hey, I was going to go write this book or, Hey, I was going to start this podcast or, Hey, I was going to, at some point you're going to get just sick of yourself by not doing it. So then yeah. that reminds you, I've got to get started. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Love and, it. and again, it keeps you thinking about the goal and, and where you're going and, and why it's important to you. And, and again, that's where I say that dance is, is I, I I'm happy where I am right now, but I want more, mm -hmm. right? I want more. That's the dance. Yeah between yeah. gratitude and expectancy. And the last part of this is tenacity, which to me is all about discipline. It's about building habit. And, uh, and I think about our goals and this goes back to some work that, um, a person that I interviewed on the podcast, a guy named Jim Hewling wrote a book called, uh, the four disciplines of execution, probably one of the best books that I've read from a business standpoint in terms of, of, um, goal execution. One of the things that he talks about in that book is one of the disciplines is, um, focusing on lead indicators versus lag indicators and how important that is on a regular basis. And if I were to go back and use my example of weight loss of the 10 pounds, sure. the 10 pounds is a lag indicator. I don't really control the 10 pounds that I lose, but I absolutely control the lead indicators, which would be number of days in the week that I work out, um, the number of calories that I consume in a day, those things I have full control over. Right. And I know that if I do those things on a consistent basis, if I focus on the lead indicators, the things that I know that if I do these regularly, they reach my goal, they're going to reach my goal. Um, they keep me on track. That's the discipline part of this. Just focus on the lead indicators. And we all have them for whatever our business is, whether it's personal or professional, we have lead indicators, the things that we know that if we just do these consistently, they they align at some point. And, and the reason that is so important, Doreen, is that if you think about, um, let's go back to the weight loss example. Let's just say that this was an off week. I, I was doing the things and, and I step on the scale and I'm like, I don't know what happened. It just, it, uh, I didn't lose anything this week, but I was doing the things that, that I'm supposed to do. That's all that I can control is the right. lead indicators. So maybe if it happens a couple of weeks in a row, I say, you know what, maybe I've got to go from 1800 calories to 1700, or maybe I've got to go from running three days a week to four days a week, or I've got to add something else. But again, who's in control? I am. 
-hmm. And eventually we know that the science is there to say that if I do these activities, 10 pounds is going to come off. Yeah. I, I, and my thoughts immediately went to, uh, this is fascinating, went to some of the things that I do behind the scenes as a uh, CEO of company, right? As a marketer, um, things that move the needle for me. Um, I know that if I have a live show every week, I am visible. So there's some weeks that a lot of people show up and watch and listen to the podcast and some weeks they don't. But I know that being visible every week moves right. the needle. So those are the things that I do. Um, there are other things that I do on LinkedIn. Like I make sure I post. Some posts do well, some posts don't. But I know I'm going to stick with it because over a year, over a long period of time. So you're you're saying it in a very elegant way. I am like, I want to do more. Uh, and if you're listening and if you're watching, um, you know, definitely this is fascinating stuff. And if you feel like you're failing or you feel like, you know, you set these goals and, and you're not getting there, try this framework because it works like totally <laughs> without knowing it, I'm implementing a lot of these things. And I didn't even know why. And, and you will hear that oftentimes. It's just, all I've done is now I've combined the science or, or attached the science to it. Something that you were doing now, at least this validates why it works. Yes. So now, you know, when you're pulling that lever, yeah. You know why it works. And that, and to me, of, of all of the things around lead indicators is this, this idea that I don't control the lag, right? So just like you said, I don't control the viewers during the week, but I know, and you know from others that this is what it takes. When you do these and, and the content is this way, that this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Absolutely. You're going to get there. Yeah. So and it doesn't matter what that is. I'm sorry. So cables yeah. is a big model that I use for, for leadership development. They're based on six behaviors that again, same sort of routine that I did with get, get set is that there's validated research as to why each of these behaviors are, are relevant in terms of engaging and inspiring others. The behaviors are the lead indicators. Mm -hmm. You don't control engagement of employees in, in the short term, but I know based on research through Gallup and other organizations that these are the things that engage employees. So if I continue to work on being a better listener, setting better expectations, recognizing people more often, those are lead indicators. I have full control over my behaviors that eventually people become more engaged when I do these things. It's the same. It's the same recipe. Yeah. Fascinating. So that's your book. Let's let's do you have one on your desk right there? I have your uh, book behind uh, me. It's gonna show it. Watching. Yes, your book. The leadership. Uh, believe it or not, I do not have my book on my desk. Um, I, did, I had book. one uh, sort of spare copy up here. And I gave it to my daughter when she went back. Oh, to school. okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I have it in a cabinet behind me, so I don't want to jump out of uh, view here. Um, but yeah, that your book, the 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 leadership bridge. Yeah, um, leadership bridge. Yeah, um, and then the other thing that I wanted to mention: there's there might be people watching that either have young adults in their home, like you and I both do, um, or might be at the beginning of their career journey, and you talk to young leaders, uh, teenagers in Maine, you're located in Maine. Uh, you do this outreach, you teach young, young, you know, teenagers, but also young adults on how to get started, how to become a leader. And I just want to note that because there's not enough people teaching this. There's not enough leadership information out there that, that 
is relatable, I think, for younger people. And what you just went through, the get set method, I can see that this would be wonderful for anybody at any stage of their journey, right? In, or in the personal or in the professional. So let's talk about that a little bit. If you were to help a young person who maybe is lost, maybe they're in a job that that doesn't feel right, or maybe they're thinking about going to college, but they don't know what to study, or they're, you know, they're just kind of lost. What, how would you start? What would you say to them to say, you can do this? Yeah. Um, so again, going back to that, the, the piece in high school that, that I do with, with kids, um, there are three things that I, I talk about, um, as, as what I call the, the three ordinary objects in their lives that they can gain inspiration from that they're right there in front of them. And the first one is a GPS and we all have GPS on our phone, in our cars. And if you think about it, Doreen, if I were to plug in, um, coming to see you into my GPS and when I leave my house and it tells me to go right, but I go left, well, what's my GPS going to do? It's going to adjust. Right. Recalculate. Yeah. And if, if I miss the next street that it tell, told me to go down, it's going to do the same thing, right? It's simply going to say recalculate. And I could do this three more times. I could do it endlessly. And the only thing that's really going to change is, is the route that I'm finally going to have to take to get back on track and also the amount of time that it's going to take me to get there. But at no point is my GPS in my vehicle going to say, Patrick, pull over. You are not qualified to drive this vehicle. Right? We right. never do that, at least not yet. That hasn't no. been designed. Um, to me, we have a GPS inside of ourselves that could operate the same way, but we don't do it that way. We make a mistake. We go down the wrong path. And what do we tell ourselves? Can't get there. Right. Right. Can't do it. We give up. We give up. Right? Yeah. We, give up. we all have a GPS inside of us that we have the same ability is to continue to recalculate. So I go through and talk about my own challenges of growing up and the mistakes that I made and losing my parents um, about a year and a half apart when I was a teenager that I made a lot of mistakes. There were a lot of, uh, a lot of misturns that I made, but I had, a, I had a GPS fortunately that somehow allowed me to sort of keep recalculating. We all have that in us. So when I talk to kids, I'm like, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't, don't feel as though you have to have it figured out. I still don't have it figured out. And I just turned 55 yesterday. I it just, and I hope I never have it truly figured out because I'm missing something. If I do where there's always opportunities for us to learn. You've got to be there to be able to do that. So the next piece is around antique furniture. And anybody that has antique furniture knows around patina. And that's just dirt that accumulates on the piece over over time. And that's oftentimes where the value comes. It's mm. it's in the dirt. It's in the nicks and the, the age and the experience that the piece has had that gives it its value. And if we were to refinish that, um, we would actually take away the the true value of the piece if we were to sell it. It wouldn't have as much value if we refinished it. Um, we're in a time right now where Facebook and Instagram and filters and right, and you got to take the picture six times before. So everybody thinks you look just right. Well, that's not the real world that we live in. We all have sort of um, dark sides or things that we're not um, really proud of what we've done, but we all have them. And to me, the mistakes, the, the embarrassing things that we've done, that's where our real value comes in. Yeah. It's not, it's not in being, you know, all, all things like all buttoned up all the time. Nobody, right. You can't trust that person. Right. That's not life. No. Um, and then the last piece is just around a smoke detector. 
um, which we all have in our houses. And if you think about the same thing is that the smoke detector goes off when you burn food on the stove, unless there's a real fire, what do you do? You go and wave something in front of it because you know, it's not a real emergency. The smoke detector did what it was meant to do, alert you to a potential danger. You then get to override it. We have one of those in our head and it's called our amygdala that that looks for threats and tries to protect us. Well, what's a bigger threat than trying something you're not comfortable doing, right? Um, going in front of people at, you know, speaking or starting a new business or starting a, you know, trying out for a team. <coughs> Your amygdala is saying, don't do it, Patrick. Come on, you're going to look bad. You're not qualified mm -hmm. to do this. We have the ability to override that and to say, this isn't a real emergency. I can do this and I'm not going to die by doing it. Um, those three things are what I talk about oftentimes with kids to, to start out, to get them in a place of saying, uh, tap into all that is inside of you. It's there. You're going to make mistakes. Course correct. That's where your value is going to come from. And don't let your amygdala tell you not to do some things because it's just like burnt food on the stove. It's not a real emergency. Now, if I remember correct, this was also your TED talk, correct? It was. Yeah, it was my TED talk. This was your TED talk. So I'll make sure to put a link to Patrick's TED talk. Um, fascinating uh, for you guys to watch. Patrick, how can people connect with you? And you have your own podcast. You mentioned that. Let's make sure that everybody knows um, where to go listen to your wisdom and other places. Yeah. So the podcast is learning from leaders. Um, really where I spend most of my time is on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, that's the best way. If uh, I love, if people want to connect with me, connect with me through LinkedIn. It's a bit okay. the best way. And obviously I've got a website, um, every leadership group, but most of my, and most of my content things will, will get sort of dispersed through LinkedIn. All right. Wonderful. Patrick, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I learned some new things and I've talked to you before several times about some of these things, but it's just wonderful to see this framed in a way that we understand. And it's relatable. Um, if you're watching, if you're listening and you're like, this is what I need, I need to get set and I need to get started on maybe writing a book or writing a memoir or starting a podcast or wanting to lose 10 pounds, uh, use this framework, reach out to Patrick and connect with him. And uh, absolutely, Patrick, I really appreciate it. I will link to um, his TED Talk and uh, share it with those in your life that you know could use that. I know I'm going to share it with my young adults too, that TED Talk. It's going to be amazing. Patrick, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you. I, I really, I love these conversations. So, and uh, you're, you're awesome. So thank you so much, Doreen. Thank you. Bye everybody. Take care.